One of the key themes we believe will shape markets in 2021 is our view that inflation risks are tilting higher. To explore this view, I'm joined by Michelle Gerard and Ross Walker, Global Co-Heads of Economics, Kevin Cummins, our Chief U.S. Economist, Giovanni Zani, our Chief Euro-Area Economist, and Giles Gale, our Head of European Rate Strategy. When we speak to clients, we, 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 we often hear the argument that, well, we, we've, we've heard about this inflation story a million times. And, and you know, we heard about it in 2008, and inflation was the, the dog that didn't bark. Big monetary policy easing, no inflation. So I'm going to ask a, a question to the panel. and I'll go around um, to, I think, most of you um, and ask for one argument for why is the post-COVID crisis different than the post-global financial crisis. So um, let's start. Well, we just had Michelle. Let's start with Michelle. What do you think is is the most important difference or a important difference today versus the 2008 experience? You know, the biggest difference, and we've talked about this a number of times this week, is the the fact that the policy response um, post-COVID is going to be very different than what we saw post the global financial crisis. I mean, we obviously had massive amount of of both monetary and also in the COVID uh, crisis, fiscal stimulus, which we didn't have, obviously, during the financial crisis. And and the important thing was, the difference is, in the wake of the global financial crisis, as soon as things looked better, as soon as the recovery looked to be taking hold, there was a quick reversal, the the interest to reverse all of the stimulus that it had put in place when it was so needed. And, And that was particularly true on the monetary front. I mean, I think about the Fed wanting so desperately, as soon as they could, to get off the zero bound in order order to to have ammunition in case the economy slowed to be able to cut rates again. Now we're looking at a very different situation. The the Fed has actually shifted to, you know, average inflation targeting. It is it is clearly signaled it is not going to be quick to reverse course. It will encourage it will tolerate an inflation overshoot. It's not going to be preemptive in terms of reversing course. And I think that's going to be uh, a theme that we see echoed actually with central banks across the globe. So that's a very important difference. The the, the lack of a quick reversal um, on this on the policy front that really differentiates, I think, this the post covid crisis period from global financial crisis period. Great. So, so next in line, I'm, I'm going to give Kevin a shot. So, Kevin, policy is different this time. Give us, give us another argument. Um, well, I, I'd also follow up on the fiscal side, um, being that you know we saw an enormous amount of uh, fiscal stimulus relative to what we saw in the wake of the 0809 crisis. So, I think that too, there's just a lot of uncertainty that that could put. You know, trigger a little bit of upside risk from from that perspective as well. Um, and then I'd follow it up by you know the improvement that we've seen in the recovery has been much quicker and and much stronger than expected. I think you know the drop in the unemployment rate alone, um, while you know some of it some workers have fallen out of the labor force and presumably some of them will get back in as things recover in twenty one. Um, but I think you know if, if we this recession was certainly much different and much more orchestrated to try to combat the virus rather than, you know, an overheating in the economy and, and or, 
you know, if you go back to earlier times when inventories really swung uh, the business cycle. So I think this is certainly a different backdrop that uh, inflation could reaccelerate as we begin to uh, show some improvement in the back half of uh, 2021. Great, thanks. So I'm going to give Ross and Giovanni a, a quick shot. So I want to make sure we get to Q&A. So in, in 30 seconds or less, any any other differences to to add this time around? I think the supply side is, I think, more complicated and more uncertain, the, 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 the V-shaped, if you like, nature of the economic shock. And as of today, maybe versus our expectations six months ago, the scarring, the lasting damage perhaps doesn't look as bad as was feared. So perhaps by at least initially removing less production output capacity, um, you will dampen that initial uh, upside inflation shock. But I would tend to hear to stress the uncertainty around supply. You obviously can't measure it directly. It's something that has to be estimated. But this is clearly going to be a massive challenge for central banks in coming to a view about just how big and how persistent output gaps are. Giovanni, anything else to add? Yeah, one specific point on on Europe, I would say, because in in the previous crisis, we had... Uh, a very strong uh, monetary response, but no fiscal response, but also for political reasons, because the euro era was unable to react. And, and now we have it. This is a big change. And I think that this will have an impact on you know, general demand in, 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 in Europe specifically, and of course, for fiscal policy. And it's something that is something that can change the, um, the profile for inflation uh, you know, in the years ahead, basically. All right. So I'm going to sum up. So, so, much more monetary will, much more fiscal will, much more political will, um, a supply shock that that we we may be underestimating. I'm going to throw one more in there, which is that the health of the banking system this time around should not be underestimated. The banking system played a, a big blockage for inflation back in, in 2008, and that just frankly is not a problem this time around. So, so we've got some time. I'm going to... Um, shift to Giles. And, and, and we want to talk a little bit about the foundations for inflation that were in place before the crisis. So we talked about things that as a result of the crisis can push inflation higher. But you know, was that foundation there? And if it was, what, what were the foundations for higher inflation um, pre-COVID? Yeah. Hi. Okay. So thanks very much. I mean, I think no, another another few points actually I, I would have just added that I think we're in the mix just after the global financial crisis, which turned that into a very deflationary period. You know, we had globalization and digital, digitalization, which were really just hitting their stride. We had China and Eastern Europe being integrated, and that was a major shock. Then we had the Euro sovereign crisis, which was a particularly big hit um, in, in Europe as well. And finally, of course, we, you know, we were talking a lot in the period, you know, sort of 2014 onwards, really, about Japanification and aging. And so, you know, now when I think about what's changing, um, you know, we've got a lot more caution about globalization, which seems to have been slowing in any case. Um, migration. Um, has peaked, I think, in in Europe. Um, you know, 2011 really in the UK, 2015 in Germany, a little bit more recently in in the US. But I think that that's something that's been accelerated by COVID as well. Um, and aging, you know, aging is a complicated one. Um, you know, the simplest theory is that it's related to the life cycle because when people 
retire, they, you know, they may consume less. And that's really what a lot of the discussion has focused on. Um, but they also produce nothing. And you know, it's quite possible that there's a nonlinearity, there's a kind of tipping point. And we may be going through it now. Um, you know, if we take Germany as an example, its population bulge is now in its late 50s. And the delta of people entering retirement is clearly on its way up. So, you know, I think that there were a number of pre-existing themes which were, you know, already changing as we ended this crisis. And you know, as has been widely remarked, you know, this crisis you know, may turn out to accelerate um, many themes. And I think that, that you know, we can count some of these among them. I hope you enjoyed this episode of On Point. Please do subscribe to our channel to get future episodes and like it as this will help others to find it as well. We also encourage you to follow us on social media to get all our latest content. Speak to you again soon.